Well, we are talking about prayer this summer, and we started last week looking at the Lord's Prayer, kind of our basic tutorial as Christians for how to pray. And today we're going to look into this in more depth. We want to really kind of get into this topic. My hope for, for you is that you would grow in your love for God, the depth of your prayer, the frequency, and make this a habit in your life. We're going to begin more into all that stuff in coming weeks, but I, I, the question I want to ask to start our time today is why don't we pray more? Yeah. If I, I would assume if you're watching this, probably most of us would say we don't pray enough. Right. I know I would. Oh, yeah, for sure. I should pray more. I understand that I have this access to this infinitely powerful being yeah. who loves me and wants to work on my behalf, and yet often I don't go to him and pray. True. So that's uh, just going to start off. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I, I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, I think that's why discussions about prayer and teaching about prayer and this subject is so important um, because we we take it for granted. I think there's a lot of other things that um, are part of our faith that we'll invest time in. You know, Bible reading and going to church and other things and music, musical worship and things like that. But prayer sometimes seems neglected. I think it, maybe people don't know where how to how to start. Um, yeah, there's a lot of reasons probably. I know for me, I. I <clears throat> like the things that I'm in control of. Yeah. I would say I'm very high on the faith scale. Like I, I really trust God. I'm very excited about what's yeah. ahead, all these things. But in terms of how I spend my time, yeah. I want to get get to it. Yeah. Impatience, yeah. I guess, things like that. But but really what we're going to see today is that your view of God shapes your view of prayer. It does. Right? So yeah. even that, what I'm sharing, it really says that what I do is more essential than what God does. Yeah. To some degree, right? Yeah. And so um, we got to we got to understand who God is and who we are to really make sense of prayer. So I'm gonna Absolutely. we're gonna look at Colossians chapter three. This is gonna be our text for today. Yeah. And then Ben, you're gonna help us kind of unpack this this okay. verse. Yep. So Colossians three, starting in verse one. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Yeah. Help us to make sense of, of this passage and what it says about our identity, who we are and who God is. Yeah. I think one of the things about this passage is, one of the questions that comes to my mind is, you know, when you look at it, what stands out to you in the passage? Is it what we're supposed to do? If you're like me and you're kind of a doer and you're always looking for what are the directions, what are the instructions, mm-hmm. what do I do, how do I execute that, or how do I obey that command or whatever, um, is it that? Do you gravitate to that or do you gravitate to what Christ has already done and mm-hmm. how that might shape what you're supposed to do and your approach to prayer and everything else? So mm-hmm. I think that's a kind of an interesting way to, to look at it to start. Um, but it talks about, you know, therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ or other versions say, since then you have been, um, this is a past tense. It's something that's been done and it's a a present tense. It's our identity and what has actually already been accomplished for us and who we are in Christ. Um, and that's really important. And I think as we begin to think about that, it can form and shape the way that we pray. Yeah, absolutely. And even just that talk of being raised with Christ, Ephesians chapter two, uh, I think it's verse six and seven talks about how you've been seated with Christ in the heavenly places. So our, 
we have the, I mean, that's a pretty crazy reality, right? Because obviously our bodies are still mortal. We're still going to die. Mm -hmm. But he's speaking about who we are in God's eyes eternally, right? Yep. That you have this resurrection power that you've become someone new. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of places in scripture that point to the same reality, right? Yes, right. Yeah. Um, Second Corinthians 517, you're a new creation in Christ. You're a new person. Your old life is gone. New life has begun. Yeah. Um, Galatians 2.20, you or I no longer live, but Christ lives in us. The life we now live in the body, we live by faith in the mm. Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. Um, it's just, I think sometimes we live from a perspective, perspective is important, and we live from a perspective that's incorrect a lot um, about who we are in Christ. Mm. Um, I think it would benefit us a lot in our lives and in prayer for sure to continue to go back to who we are in Christ and be reminded of that from the scriptures. Absolutely. So it's pretty amazing. So he's saying essentially because you have this new status, because you're you're raised with Christ, yeah. you have this eternal life at work within you. Yeah. Um, we could add, you know, you've been accepted by the Father, all these yeah. things. You need to seek the things that are above because yeah. that's essentially where your identity, your life yeah. is. Right. And that's goes our, on, where right? our future is. Our eternal future is there also. Yeah. It's not here. It's it's there with Christ. Yes. Yeah. So our, our in our present as well. Because I think for me, I know it, that was an easier thing to understand. Okay, someday we're going to, I'm going to live with Christ forever. Yeah. I'm going to go to heaven, whatever, however we thought of it. But also that's a present reality it now. Is. It's not just it that is. you're going to be raised someday, yeah. that you've been raised now. Eternal life starts yeah. when you believe in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. It's easier for us to think about our future with Christ and our future in heaven um, in eternity than it is for us to think about our status, so to speak, as new creations in Christ today. Sometimes probably just because of all the things that we're dealing with in our day-to-day lives. Of course. Yeah. So let's look at the rest of the passage here. So verse 3 says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also or be revealed with him in glory. Yeah. So what's he saying here? Well, I mean, in, in a couple of other translations, it says, you know, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. Christ is your life. Mm-hmm. Um, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Christ is your life. So again, more, more perspective, right, about who we are and what our life is really all about. Um, and that it's hidden in Christ. Our real life is with Christ. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, if for us, we often will talk about um, what we've done or what we're doing. And I think that's normal. Like we ask questions like, what do you do for a living, Brandon? Like, what, yeah. what do you do? Or, uh, I love that you, question. That's a yes, great question. Uh, yes. <laughs> what, what did you, yeah, I know. It's a good, it's, it is a good one. Go for pastors. Well, right. What did you do today? Or what are you going to mm. do this weekend? Or what are your plans for the rest of the summer? Those types of things. Um, I think that's, that's normal conversation. Um, and I think about it this way too, when, when we're talking a little bit about just identity and who we are in Christ, we often take on or view ourselves from different identities first, right? And so when we are asking questions like, what do you do for a living? The point of that question is to find out what you do, but because we talk that way a lot, um, you know, yes, you are a pastor. That's what you do. You're also a dad and a husband and a really good softball player. And there's a lot of things that you are, but you can... One of those is not true. uh, (laughs) Yes. Okay. Um, To be determined. To be... I'm in training. Still early in the season. Yes. Yes. Um, But again, we we sometimes can live out of those um, 
identities, so to speak. Those yeah. become the things that are more important to us that I'm a dad or I'm a, and they're all good things, right? I'm a pastor, yeah. I'm a husband, I'm a really good softball player, I'm a really good business person. Um, those things. And when, when people identify themselves uh, on their bios on social media and things like that, they'll often right, put those labels in there. And I think the yeah. intentions a lot of times are good. I guess what I'm saying is I don't want us to miss who we are in Christ as it relates to those things, because that's the most important identity that we have. That's the truest thing about us. Even okay. though those other things are all true about you, um, that we're in Christ is the most true thing about us. Yeah. yeah. And in so many of, of Paul's epistles, he's constantly using this phrase in Christ. Right. That it's it's easy for us to miss exactly what he's saying there. Yeah. But I think it's it's what you're you're saying. There's a lot of things to, to it, but that our identity, who we are, the fullness of our self is in Christ. Yeah. So it's defined by him, it's wrapped up in him. Yep. We get to receive the benefits that he deserves yeah. because of his substitution for us, yep. right? So we're yep. now incorporated to him. Right. We receive his inheritance in mm-hmm. the Father. We get to partake in all those good things yeah. um, that Christ deserves that we don't. Yep. And so we're wrapped up in Christ. So that, I mean, that shapes how we pray it as does. well. And truly that's enough for us. Like we can learn to be satisfied in who we are in Christ alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, some, some, some of the way that we live and maybe it shapes um, the way we pray in not so good ways sometimes is if we're constantly comparing the way we view ourselves to other people and wanting to be somebody that we're not, if we constantly reminding ourselves of what is the most true thing about us, that we are in Christ, that we are new creations. I just think it shapes and forms the way we pray. I think it helps us to pray with more gratitude um, and a better perspective too. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember the old quote, I forget who said it, but, um, you know, he who has Christ and everything else has no more than he who has Christ only. Right. So if you have Jesus, if your life is in him, then everything else is just superfluous, right? Because at the end of the day, when everything's said and done, right. And we're in heaven with him, we will receive every good gift as well. Right. Romans eight speaks to this as well, right? If, If God did not withhold his only son, you know, how would he withhold right. any good thing from us, right? right. So he's yep. going to give all those things to us at the right time. Yep. But that's the kind of uh, guarantee we have with being yep. in Christ. Yeah. And I, this kind of reminds me of what we were talking about um, with the Lord's Prayer, too. That prayer begins with our Father who art in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas what we're talking about here is trying to maybe begin with prayer, with um, re- thankfulness to God or reminders to ourselves about who we are in Christ. And kind of maybe as a good starting point, like that's who we are. And it just may shape the rest of the things that we ask God for and thank God for. That's great. Yeah. And so that identity is going to change everything. It's yeah. going to, I think it's going to make us bold, yeah. right? Because yeah. Yeah. we're saying, well, God loves us. So yeah. if I was in desperate need, I wouldn't hesitate to go to my father because right. my earthly father, because I know he would help me. He'd give yeah. me advice. He would, you know, give to me the things that I need. There are lots of people I have in my life that are like that, yeah. who would be offended if I didn't yeah. go to them if I had a need. Yeah. And how much more my heavenly Father, who's given everything to me. Right. So yeah. if I'm His child, if I, my life is in Christ, it would be dishonoring to God the Father yeah, to sure not would. ask Him for what what I need. Agreed. Agreed. And and then even just that, it's not just boldness, but also just an intimacy 
Yeah. Right. That. Yep. So, because prayer is not just about asking for things. Right. No. Although I think that's actually very important. It right? is important. We're told to ask. For yeah. Things. We're told yeah. sometimes we don't have what we need because we don't ask for it. That's right. Yeah. James four. James yeah. four. Yeah. Um, but it's also the, this intimacy. Yeah. So if that's who we are in Jesus, and God sees us with the same love He shows to His own Son. Yeah. Then yeah. we can spend time in prayer just. Yeah. Just knowing the Father and just yeah. praising Him for who He is, and He hears us, and that's yeah. precious time that we can have with God. Yeah. What are any implications of of this reality? Well, I think I think so. I'm trying to think practically about it too. Is that you know we can read these things and have heard these things and agree with these things, but I think it takes time. Like prayer takes time, and I yeah. think meditating on some of these things, studying some of these things, continually reminding ourselves of some of these things. Um, feeding on the word of God as it says these things, like we need more and more of that um, because that's not the message that we're getting from the world that we live in. Yeah, um, we're being we're, everything is uh, has to do with comparison and different types of labels, and we need to come back to what is central all the time and who we are in Christ. Mm, that's great. Yeah. That's great. So, so big picture, you're saying there's this passage is saying this is who you are. Yeah. You're defined by who you are in Jesus, not yeah. by what you do. Right. So someone could walk away with this and say, okay, well, I'm not called to do anything. Right. Christians uh, are those who just <laughs> do whatever they want. There's yeah. no big deal. But you're not saying that, right? So what do we no. see in this passage? Yeah, no, not, not at all. And that's why I asked that question at the beginning. I know my personality is to look for things to do, and some people's may be the opposite. But this passage tells us who we are, um, but really who we are is what um, kind of undergirds or gives us the power or the ability or the motivation to do the things that God has called us to do. And there is yeah. stuff to do. Um, verse 1 says that we're to keep seeking the things above. That's something to do. Um, verse 2, set your mind on things above. That's something to do. And then the uh, sort of the opposite of that, don't set your mind on the things that are on the earth. That's mm-hmm. something not to do. So again, that's part of that is perspective, and it's about you know, setting our mind somewhere. Um, and if you read along in this passage after, there's a, a long list of other things to do or to not do. So it isn't just about um, this is who I am and that's the end of it. Yeah. Um, there are things good. to do. That's good. So setting your mind, really setting your mind and thinking the things above, right? This is kind of the same thing. It is, yeah. So what is? how does that shape how we pray? Well, again, I think a lot of that has to do... Um, with perspective, right? Um, that, you know, it, it's a kind of back to the reminder of who we are in Christ and what Christ has, has done for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, um, it's not about what we have to do. There's nothing that we have to earn, um, with God or anything like that. And this is a, like this, this to me is a challenging thing, right? It is. It's, you're There's not, no you're doubt. not going to default to doing the right thing or thinking the right way right. because of that we are still fallen, right? Yep. So yep. this is, I mean, this is an intentional setting of the mind and seeking. Yeah, it is. This is striving and it's saying, okay, so this is the reality. This is the objective truth. Mm-hmm. You are this person, yeah. right? You are forgiven, accepted, loved. You're seated at the right hand of the throne of God, right? All these things, you're in Christ, mm-hmm. but you have to keep pursuing that. Yes. And fighting against tendency yes. to think simply in terms of what's yep. down here of, yeah well, I don't have this or I'm struggling or right. I, I have this sin in my life, whatever it might be, yeah. as opposed to the, those eternal realities. Yeah, and I think that also, that's exactly right. I think that also makes the case for why we need to be in community with other believers and why we need to be part of a church family and yeah. those types of things because 
you know, I think one of the enemy strategies is to isolate us and to get us focused on ourselves. And if we're focused on ourselves and by ourselves, we're going to maybe quickly forget who we actually are in Christ. But if we're around other believers, too, um, we're going to be able to mutually encourage each other and build each other up in some of these truths as well that we need to keep turning back to over and over again. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, good. And then this, be- and this section becomes the basis of all of the the, the sort of ethical commands in the following verses too, yes, right? I mean, verses yes. first five and on. Yep, yep. Put to death what is earthly in you, right? Put yep. to the therefore, so it's an implication of this. Yep. And then verse 12, put on. So because of your identity, you now should put certain things off, yep. put certain things on. Yep. That's great. So, um, so, so prayer, right? Prayer, it's important to understand that Christ is at work in you, right? Yes. He's at work in the world around you. And uh, to believe that and to set our minds on that again and again. Yep. So, but man, what an amazing passage. I love this passage. Come back to this again and again. Any other takeaways that you have from Colossians chapter 3? I think, again, it's just um, for us to not forget who we are in Christ and where to set our mind. Yeah. Uh, maybe that sounds simple or redundant in terms of what we talked about, but it's, I think, super, super important as yeah. we pray. Awesome. Yeah. Well, great. Well, so this, so this, and last week sets a foundation for prayer. Yeah, and we're gonna keep digging into this in the coming weeks. Awesome.